It's us again at D-List of the Podcast. I'm Michael Kay, in case you didn't know. And for those tuning in who have also not ever heard my voice, I'm Allison. Yeah. Nice to meet you. (laughs) Nice to meet you, too. Is this going to be like our icebreaker game? Okay, two truths and a lie. Okay, let's get right into an extremely important update on an extremely important story that we did last week. Allison, fire up your MySpace page again. You better add me on your top eight. I better be in your top eight. I only have seven friends, so you can round out my top eight. Okay, fabulous. And because it's 2003 all over again, because Benefer, the original Benefer, are back together. Pretty much. Breaking, breaking, breaking news. Yes, huge news, CNN, everyone should be covering this every hour on the hour. So last episode, we got into how after Jennifer Lopez and Alex Rodriguez ended their engagement last month, just last month, and Ben Affleck and Anna de Armas broke up in January, Ben and JLo were hanging out again. So mm-hmm. Ben and JLo, aka the OG Benifer, Benifer were together for a couple of years in the early aughts and ended their engagement in 2004. But sources say that Ben and JLo stayed friends. There's much love between them, blah, 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 blah. So Ben was papped. We talked about this last week. He was papped at JLo's house over a week ago, and they were both at the Vax Live concert together. Sources tell Page Six, E, TMZ, and anybody else who would put a mic in front of their mouth, that after that concert, Ben and JLo went on a romantic vacation to Montana together for a week, and it was just the two of them. So Jenny from the block is back on that Boston cock. (laughs) Cock. (laughs) I thought you were going to make like a horse riding joke because they went to Montana. What would be the horse riding joke? I don't know. I guess it would be an implication that he's like hung like a horse, but we don't know that. There's no urban legends to suggest such a thing. No, we haven't. Well, he did actually. They say, yeah, they say his dick is big because he gets naked in Gone Girl. Right. And I, I, but it's soft. And I've seen that clip a bunch of times. It looks like CGI to me. And you can't really tell. Mm-mm, no, yeah, no, no, no. We're we're gonna need we're gonna need more more evidence. Need better lighting. Yeah. So there were of course pat pictures of Ben and J Lo driving around Montana because J Lo is not fucking going to Montana with Ben Affleck unless the paparazzi is there to capture it. What would be the point? There would be no point. That's the only reason to go to Montana. So um, I mean, technically for her, it's a work trip because she's pulling stunts, so she can write that off. It's Th- true. That's a good thing. So. But- also, Michael, I was going to say, no disrespect to Montana. I think that the reason that people go there is because uh, it has a big sky. Don't they call it Big Sky Country? Yeah. And then the resort they went to was called Big Sky Resort. Okay. So Big Sky's that's all what the, ta- the That's what the town might be called. I don't know. Anyways, Enu says that Ben took JLo to, like I said, Big Sky Resort, which is a luxury resort there. Um, ben loves it. He's taken his exes like Jennifer Garner um, there. So JLo must have really felt special because he took her to a place he takes everybody. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, it's she knows that he likes it. It's not like he's chancing like some random vacation on her. Like, oh, I got tickets to Greece. I guess. Do you want to come with me? She probably would have liked that better because they, they have a beach. Well, and they got a beach so she can put on a two piece mm-hmm. to show off her hot body. Because in Montana, I mean, the only who's going to see that hot body the bison. It's true. Yeah. yeah. The bison have good eyes. <laughs> a source tells E that Ben reached out to JLo after she got back to Los Angeles from shooting the movie Shotgun Wedding in the Dominican Republic and that they had a few dinners together and their chemistry is unreal, Allison. Jennifer, <laughs> JLo herself is, she told us I'm real, but the chemistry, chemistry? between her and Ben, unreal. Mm-mm. The source also says that they're picking up where they left off and Entertainment Tonight says that they're having fun and enjoying each other's company. That kind of makes me feel happy. It does? I don't know why. Well, well, I'm happy. I'm happy this makes you happy. Aw, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I don't know. There's something about like, I don't know. It feels, Michael, first of all, listen. I need help because I am buying into this. Like I'm full. I'm the most cynical person in the world. Like whenever a couple gets together, I'm always like, that's fake. Even if they stay married for like 30 years, I'm like, whatever. Showmance, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. I know you're fake. But for some reason with Ben and JLo together, I'm like, they're in love. Like they really love each other. I don't know this. It could be bogus. Uh, uh, Well, yeah. <laughs> like I know it's I know that it's like obviously very very staged. It's very staged. It's so staged that I feel like the next trip we're going to get after Montana is JLo and Ben on a yacht. JLo's going to be in a pink bikini and Ben's going to be smooching her ass again. Yeah. And there's going to be uh photographs of him like um taking off her bikini bottoms and like throwing it in the air just like yeah. in the music video. Well, I'm sure they did that in I'm sure they did that in Big Sky, but only the bison and the whatever the bulls or whatever the fuck is out there was were able to see it. So it was all for nothing really. Mm-hmm. But um TMZ claims that Ben has been planting the seeds of a Benifer reblooming, which sounds like <laughs> he's busting like Duncan nuts into her, but I mean like planting the seeds to get back together with JLo, that he's been doing it for a little bit. So TMZ says that Ben and JLo have been in contact with each other since February when she was still filming in the Dominican Republic and was still with A-Rod. So their sources say that Ben was flirting with JLo a lot in emails, saying how beautiful she looked in her Instagram pics and how he wishes he could be in the Dominican Republic with her. And the source said getting emails from Ben made JLo remember... How, laughing. how he owns her heart with his pen. Oh my God. See, and you say it's not staged? Yeah, I mean, he's emailing her heart. Cue Britney. Oh, yeah, that's right. You don't know the one of the best Britney songs ever recorded no, it by just, Britney? It just came, yeah, no, it just came to me. <laughs> oh my gosh. But like, okay, to be fair to Ben... I mean, in February, he's, like, emailing her in February when she's still with A-Rod. But, like, those A-Rod cheating rumors have been around for, like, years. You could email Jennifer Lopez at any time, and there's, like, a 90% chance she's about to break up with A-Rod. Yeah, he knew. Mm-hmm. He knew. So, so he went for it. And Ben is a writer. I mean, he's won an Oscar for it. 
Oh my so god, he, that's right. He, he totally like roses are red, violets are blue. Um I'm a screenwriter. Can we can we start fucking again? Yeah, that's exactly what he wrote. Um I could use some PR attention. How about you? That's better. See, that's why you're yeah. the screenwriter. Roses are red, violets are blue. My Phoenix back tattoo is fly, and so are you. That 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 was it. Yeah, that's cinch the deal. That's so Benifer, they're back for now. And apparently, speaking of A-Rod, he is shocked that she rebounded so quickly. And it's like, uh, uh, who is he, Mariah Carey? And he doesn't know her? Because we know J-Lo, we know she moved quickly. Yeah, we know that literally, like, the if her the announcement was made that they broke up at, like, 9.01 on a Wednesday, um, it would be, like, that same Wednesday at 9.02 that she would be seen with someone new. Yeah, she had she had been walking through the door at nine oh two. TMZ sources say that A Rod is sad that J Lo has moved on so quickly and was hoping that she'd give him a chance. And he reached out to her to tell her how hurt he is. And J Lo doesn't care. She wants to try things out with Ben again because she always thought the timing of the first time they were together wasn't right, and the timing might be better now. And while A Rod. Isn't A-Rod also like he was out and about and the paparazzi asked him, you know, about Benifer and he said, go Yankees. So (laughs) is that like baseball shade? That's too butch for me. But is that because. Oh, uh, yes, because he likes Boston. Ben likes Boston. Yeah, Ben likes Boston, the Red Sox. So was that like baseball shade? Maybe. But also J-Lo could be like, I am. Oh, this joke's not going to work. I was going to make a Yankees joke about like her yankeeing on his red sock but you know what this is that's not that kind of podcast <laughs> oh it, it very much is so and while so a-rod isn't happy about the return of benifer but ben's real soulmate matt damon is so matt damon was on the today show to promote whatever mm-hmm. it doesn't matter <laughs> because all they did was ask him about benifer the most important question um they asked him, and he said... That's a fascinating story. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we, All right. we let him off the hook? I hope it's He's true. Been... I, I love them both. I hope it's true. That would be awesome. Oh, oh okay, good. Aww. Oh, my Ew, God. You're so I... buying into this. This I is know. so staged, Allison. I know it is. That's the worst part is, like, my brain is telling me that it's 100% staged. My, my heart is honestly thinking they're going to get married. It might. I mean, I said on the last podcast that I figured that they would get back together, but Mm -hmm. that they would just, you know, work it for a little bit, possibly get engaged. I don't think so. I don't think it's going to get that far. You don't think think it'll get too engaged? No, I don't think so. You think it's going to get too engaged? Michael, I'm dead serious when I say that it's going to go to marriage. I could. They're going to actually walk down the aisle. Listen, I'm going to call it right now, okay? And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Whatever. Who cares? I mean, there, there's nothing riding on this. But um, I'll call it and I'll say I think that they're going to get married. Okay. What color engagement ring is Ben going to give JLo? Because last time he gave her pink. It's is he going to go for pink again? No, I think it's going to be like blue. Because oh. that's, <laughs> that's like the color of Boston. Is that the... what? What is Dunkin' Donuts colors? Pink, 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 and, pink and brown and orange. 
Oh, like a sunset. Oh my god, of course. No more like colors. your shit after eating Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, how dare you? I would do anything for <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts right now. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, so it's going to be like it's going to be a orange diamond with pink diamonds around it and then a blue bla- brown gold band. Yeah, and he's going to stunning. Stick it. He's going to stick it in a long john and he's going to present it to her like that and he'll be like uh, he'll be like, will you glaze me the honor of dunking me for life? I don't know. what He can write it better than I can. Yeah, <laughs> clearly... he, he has the Oscar. He has yeah. the Oscar. I've never proposed with a donut before, obviously. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I don't think it's going to get to marriage, but I do love all of this because it's ridiculous, especially like with these sources where like they were the, the love of each other's lives. I know. The, he was the Shakespeare to her. Who was Shakespeare's muse? Juliet? Uh, no, like Shakespeare's wife or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think he had a wife, but, or like no, Carol Channing. She... It was Carol Channing. I remember yes. that in history class. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. It, it's very. Uh, it's very soap opera. Yeah, but I love. Yeah, I do love that. I do love this whole. This is kind of the fun part of celebrity gossip when it's uh, like these. When ridiculous relationships and it's like in the writing is so over the top like whenever you hear the sources like you're right this is like absolute perfect source quotes because people regular people don't talk like that ever like if because the sources are always like source close to ben source is close to j-lo right and so that kind of implies like a friend and if somebody it's asked, j-lo and it's ben it's j-lo or their publicist or their publicist <laughs> yeah but like if somebody had to ask you about a new couple that got together like would you be like they're simply over the moon for each other i've never seen two people's hearts beat in synchronicity like theirs like you would never ever talk like that that's my favorite part is it's like everything sounds like it's written by a romance bot yeah that's why it's staged which i appreciate and i enjoy and hopefully yeah and hopefully for you they do you know make it down the aisle and this storyline goes that far and i'll still be you know the worst part is my brain will still be telling me like this is a sham marriage. Like, this is a publicity marriage, and my heart will be crying. I'll be like, oh my god, they're so beautiful together. (laughs) Okay, so moving on from two people that have gotten together and found love once again to uh, the Hollywood Forward Press Association who uh, can't get anyone to love them, and everyone is breaking up with them. So, Michael, I have to ask you, this is a, a redundant question, but answer truthfully. Did you watch the 2021 Golden Globe Awards? I've watched every Golden Globe Awards probably for ever. Okay. I watch all these. This is, yeah, 19, this is a, like 1954 yeah. when we first started. <laughs> when it's in black and white and it's just announced over the radio. When it was just in the parking lot and it was not televised. When it was the parking lot of Grom's Chinese Theater, <laughs> I, I was there. Yeah. And it's three awards. It, actually, well, no. It was, it was at the foot of the Hollywood sign. And we had to bring candles. In the so, hills. Yeah, it goes that far. <laughs> it, was, it was very dangerous. There was coyotes. Yeah. It was not a safe yeah. place to be. Well, Michael, I hope you enjoyed all of those Golden Globe ceremonies because the 2022 Golden Globes are probably not going to happen. And who knows if we're ever going to get a Golden Globe ceremony ever again. So um, we've probably talked before on the podcast about all the criticism that has been lobbied against 
the Golden Globes, which is run by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, which if you're not familiar with it, I'll explain it because I know for a fact that if I don't, I'm, I know exactly who I'm going to get a text from being like, not all of us know who the Hollywood Foreign Press Association are. <laughs> so basically, it's a group of journalists. They have like members and stuff. It's like a club. It's a journalism club. And um, they're made up of journalists all around the world. And they interview like Hollywood stars and stuff when there's movies coming out and stuff. So they're considered to be like kind of an elite group of journalists. There, I believe there's 90 of them. And um, so if you're like a, if you're an actor, an actress or a director or something, and you want to get like a big interview or like a big press conference or whatever, a lot of the time you have to go through the Hollywood Forum Press Association because they're kind of like gatekeepers in a way. Like, I'm sure that it's probably easy to get an interview with like, you know, uh, Montana Big Sky Local News. Like, you you could probably get an interview with them, but it's a little bit harder to get uh, uh, an interview with the Hollywood Forum Press Association. So, one of the things that's been said about the HFPA is that if you are a uh, like a black actor or a black director or something like that, it's more difficult for you to get those press conferences, which with the HFPA, which isn't really surprising because one of you know one of the major things that has been said about the Golden Globes and the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is that you know they don't nominate work by black creators or you know non-white. Uh, creators because there's zero black journalists in the Hollywood Foreign Press Association. Mm -hmm. So there's also tons of accusations of like sexism. So for example, uh, I believe it was three years ago, I think no female directors were nominated for best director, even though there were several female directors that people Mm -hmm. were saying like, oh, they're definitely going to get nominated and they didn't. And then, you know, when asked about it, they kind of come back with like sort of sexist comments and stuff like that. They're really very tone deaf. There's a lot of stuff that people are just like, this is this organization is bad. Um, and then there's also like the accusations that they're very corrupt, which I mean, I say accusations with like air quotes around them because it's not even accusations. It's like it's kind of a running joke that the Golden Globes are so corrupt, right? Like, so there's one of my favorite jokes on Modern Family. Yes, I used to watch Modern Family where they'd say like, you win an Oscar, you buy a Golden Globe, because that's kind. That's kind of what. Well, you kind of can buy an Oscar too. You, I mean, listen, you can buy any award you you want. Yeah. It's, none of these are like actually that like you know. It's kind of like a high school uh, student council elections. Yeah, exactly. It's a popularity contest, but like the Golden Globes were very corrupt. Like you could buy you could buy any award basically. Again, allegedly, so. For proof of kind of what the Hollywood Foreign Press Association is like, um, so when Daniel Kaluuya won uh, the Oscar this year for Best Supporting Actor, he went backstage to like the press area. And I mean, a lot of people have seen this video. He was asked by a journalist how he liked working with Regina King. And he he didn't work with Regina King. Regina King didn't direct Judas and the Black Messiah that was Shaka King. Mm-hmm. And so that was a Hollywood Foreign Press Association journalist who asked that question. So essentially what I'm trying to get at here is uh, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association has so much work to do. And so after the last Golden Globes, they announced like, okay, we a- we're actually going to try this time. We're going to do better. 
like we're we're actually going to try to like find a, a black journalist that we can have in our club and all this stuff. And I think some people bought it. Like they're like, yeah, you have to actually get better. And yeah. they, they didn't really do it. So the LA Times did this expose on them and they exposed a bunch of stuff, which essentially I'm just paraphrasing here. But the the long and short of it was like, they're not really going to change that much. Like they, um, the LA Times exposed this one vote that they had to hire a diversity consultant and they voted not to hire one and Uh this was after people were saying like you need to hire a diversity consultant so um after that kind of happened like after the expose expose came out um 100 pr firms told their clients like don't talk to hollywood foreign press journalists don't do the golden globes like they need to get better before we actually start giving them attention and then recently they put out like their like little 10 step plan of like okay well here's how we're gonna do better and people didn't really they didn't really like it so netflix ceo ted sarandos said he he essentially said he didn't believe it was enough to actually tackle their issues with diversity well they what what did they say they said they were going to add a bunch of um you know, members who are people of color, right? Yes. And then they were going to do some, like, I forgot the name of the department. They were going to hire, like, a CEO of diversity. That was not it, but it was something like that. Yeah, it's, like, diversity... um, Leader, some... Yeah. Department. I forgot what the department was called, but it was something like that. So It was, like, diversity buddy or something. Yeah, like, the department was, like, diversity and inclusion or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. That was not it. But And then they said they were going to add more members who are people of color and... Oh, and they were going to work on, like, bribes. Because, yes. of course, like, the whole Emily in Paris thing, you know, Emily in Paris, mm-hmm. they got Golden Globe nominations out of the fucking blue. And then it came out that they gave members, uh, Hollywood Foreign Press members, like, a fancy trip to Paris. Yeah, they, like, gave them, like, this weekend trip to Paris, and, like, they spent all this money on these, yeah. like, expensive hotel rooms. And then that's how it got nominated for all these Golden Globe awards. And that's happened before, too, like, with movies where you're like, why is this movie getting nominated? Like, we all joke about, like, The Tourist when it got nominated for a bunch of Golden Globe Awards because, like, it's not that good of a movie. So they also had this thing where they're, like, they're going to have, like, a hotline where you can call in and, like, (laughs) narc on journalists being, like, (laughs) they accepted a bribe or something like that. Or, like, they asked a sexist question at whatever press conference. And so they they lined up like the time frame of it. And it was kind of being like, in June, we're going to do this. In July, we're going to do this. And like in August, we're going to try to do this. And so Netflix, um, Netflix's uh, Ted Sarandos was just like, I don't think like he was like, it needs to happen sooner. It seems like they were kind of dragging their feet on it and saying like, he kind of looked at all the things being like, it, it doesn't look like it's going to be meaningful and i don't think it's enough to actually tackle stuff scarlett johansson who as we all know is has always been on the right side of history when it comes to problematic uh you know hollywood institutions so she said that she has refused to participate with hollywood foreign press association journalists in the past due to their sexist questions and she said like some of the questions borderline on sexual harassment and so she just Mm -hmm. decided to stop working with them she also accused them of being legitimized by Harvey Weinstein, which I think I know what she's talking about here because I remember a time, I'm dating myself, I'm going to sound really old, but I remember a time when the Golden Globes were not that big of a deal. Like they were, they just seemed like another awards show. And then it felt like maybe like in the 90s, it became 
a thing. Like it became like the baby Oscars or like the award show that kicks off award season. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was some weird thing like orchestrated by Harvey Weinstein too. Well, like Scarlett Johansson says it was legitimized by Harvey Weinstein because he wanted like the build up to the Oscars to be bigger. Mm-hmm. And so like, that's a thing where it's like, Oh, if this, if uh, this movie's nominated for a golden globe, it's probably going to be nominated for an Oscar yeah. and like creates buzz and stuff. Again, it's all yeah. about like, it all comes back to like, is this organization corrupt or not? Um, Mark Ruffalo uh, also spoke out and he had just won a Golden Globe this year. And he said like he felt really gross about his win because he's like, it's time to step up and right the wrongs of the past. And NBC then announced that they won't be broadcasting the 2022 Golden Globe Awards. They said that they hope to air them in January 2023. But like saying we hope to air them is kind of being like. Well, we're, yeah. we're not. It's a soft, like it's a soft commitment. Yeah, so, it's in pencil. They wrote. They're writing it in pencil. Very erasable. Very erasable pencil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, something that I just learned was that, so like something like the Super Bowl, for example, gets tossed around between no pun intended. Gets tossed around between networks of who's yeah. going to air it, but with the Golden Globes, it has always been on NBC, NBC Radio, and NBC. The television Well, channel. guess what? It's going to be moving to Fox News. <laughs> Fox News. <laughs> no, no. Welcome to Golden Globe. Golden Globe is, is still too liberal Hollywood for Fox News. <laughs> and then also something that um, recently came up was uh, sources who like work at like the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, like head office, um, got a package with all of Tom Cruise's Golden Globe Awards in them. So Tom Cruise is giving back his three Golden Globe Awards. He won one for Best Actor in a Motion Picture Drama, one for Best Actor in Motion Picture Comedy, and a Best Supporting Actor. And he's apparently given them all back because he is so disgusted with the Hollywood Foreign Press Association that he doesn't want his awards anymore. Well, it's like, girl, I mean, that's a PR star. You have to see that that's a shameless PR star. And he does not give a shit. Oh, I think Ben and JLo are real, but I definitely know that that's, that's a publicity move for sure. Yeah, call me when he gets mad about what Scientology does. Because this is like, and uh, did they check those Golden Globes? Because they were probably fakes. He has the real ones still on his shelf. Those think, were fraudulent ones. They were like bowling trophies with like a yeah. little tinfoil ball on the top. Yeah, they're basically just, yeah, tinfoil balls spray painted gold. <laughs> Obviously, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association should be held accountable because there's tons and tons of stories about, you know, the Golden Globes snubbing this person or snubbing that person. And it usually comes back to something that feels, you know, sexist or racist. It's not just somebody being like, oh, they got snubbed. It's like, oh, well, they got snubbed because we know who's running it. And I always want to believe the best in people like I know that the Hollywood Foreign Press Association says they want to do better, but I feel like sometimes you just have to step back and realize that there might not be, you like, sometimes you can't rehabilitate something. And I feel like for me, the final nail in the coffin was when they nominated music for best musical or comedy. Oh, there, but there's been a lot, there's, yeah, there's been a lot of weird decision, but it's also like award shows. So sometimes you, you look at it like, oh, that's just award shows being award shows because they don't get it right a lot but with this it's different 
Mm-hmm. And like, I'm with you. Like, they should just burn it to the fucking ground. Like, burn it to the fucking ground, start it again. But I will say, like, the Golden Globes have always been one of my favorites because mm-hmm. they're usually fucking drunk. Mm-hmm. The hosts, like Tina Fey, Amy Poehler, Ricky Ger- Gerve- Gervais, are usually funny, unlike yeah. the Oscars. Mm-hmm. And so I will miss that. Like, I'm thinking, like, the SAGs could maybe fill that void. Maybe if they get them drunker. You know who does come very close is the Independent Spirit Awards because they hire comedians to host it every year. And you can go back on the internet and you can look up clips from the Independent Spirit Awards and it's usually very funny. But unfortunately, they only deal with independent movies. So maybe if there's a mo- like if a- there's an award show called like the m- m- Large Release Spirit Awards. The Not Independent yeah. Spirit Awards. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to end this part with a story involving Seth Rogen, Piss, Tom Cruise, and Scientology. A tale as old as time. Um, Seth Rogen was on Howard Stern's SiriusXM show to promote his memoir, Yearbook. Seth uh, told a story that around 15 years ago, Tom Cruise invited him and Judd Apatow to his house for a meeting about a possible project they could all do together. What project? I do not know. But um, Seth said this was after Katie Holmes gave birth to Surrey. So it was peak Tom Cruise craziness. Yeah, Um, major Tomcat. Seth said that he was driving up Tom's long driveway and he had to piss really bad. And he didn't want the first thing he says to Tom Cruise to be, can I use your bathroom? And honestly, I would never use a bathroom in Tom Cruise's house because there are cameras in there. There's cameras probably everywhere. There's probably (laughs) cameras in the toilet. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. So Seth didn't want to ask, didn't want to ask where the bathroom was. So he, it was a super long driveway because, you know, it's an estate. And he stopped halfway up the driveway and he had a Snapple bottle in his car. So he pissed in the Snapple bottle. And then he kept the Snapple bottle in his car. And when he left Tom's house, he realized that there's cameras, of course, on the driveway. Mm-hmm. So they caught him. They pro- The camera probably caught him pissing into a Snapple bottle. So Seth joked that, like, Tom Cruise has blackmail material on him. And what he's referring to. So we know with, like, with Scientology, when they uh, audit you, mm-hmm. they ask you about, you know, they try to get shit on you to use against you to keep you there. So that's kind of what he's alluding to. It's like t- Tom has a piss tape. Yeah, they don't have him, shit basically. on him. They don't have shit on him. They have, they have piss, piss on him. Yeah. So Seth says that when he got there, Tom, Katie, and baby Surrey greeted him. And Katie had a help me look on her face. And well, didn't she always have a help me look on her face back then? Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) It was just permanently painted across her face. So they started talking about... So Tom, Judd, and Seth started talking about movies or whatever. And about 20 minutes into their meeting, Tom goes on about how the pharmaceutical industry is out to get him. So as we know, Scientology, they're against antidepressants. So Seth says that um, Tom was going on about how, how... him speaking out against Big Pharma has cost them so much money. And so they are out to get him and trying to discredit him by making him look bad. <laughs> and uh, I'm pretty sure Tom Cruise did that on his own. But 
he thinks that that's what help. Yeah, Big Pharma was doing. And like, for instance, Tom claimed that the couch jumping moment on Oprah was edited to make him look crazier. <laughs> how did <laughs> I, I need to ask? How did they edit to make him look crazier? Like, I don't, I don't think I don't think the Oprah producers were cutting and pasting him, like taking the footage and like superimposing him over the couch and like moving it up and down to make him look like he's jumping. Yeah, and CGI technology may not have been there yet. So yeah, so. <laughs> Then Tom started defending Louis Farrakhan in front of Seth and Judd, who are both Jewish, started def- def- uh, defending Louis Farrakhan. And that's when Tom started pitching Scientology to Seth and Judd. He said that the media has um, distorted the truths of Scientology and that Scientology is completely different than what the media says it is. And he asked Seth and Judd to give him just one hour to explain Scientology to them and their minds would be changed. Yeah, their minds would be changed already. (laughs) Yeah, all the way changed. So Seth says that he was a little intrigued because he's weak-minded, but that Judd snapped him out of it and changed the subject. And so Seth jokes like he could have been a Scientologist and Tom Cruise probably has a piss tape of him somewhere. Well, it's a, first of all, listen, it's a solo piss tape, so it's not that bad. Don't erase the Snapple bottle. It wasn't solo. The Snapple bottle was in it. <laughs> You're right. You're right. What, what am I talking about? There's a co-star. There's a very important co-star in that yeah. one. Um, also, they're so smart to skip that because, okay, I've been to a timeshare presentation before. That's and, exactly what this made me think Yes, about. and that is like the hardest sell I've ever experienced in my whole life and I feel like I mean Scientology a Scientology presentation has got to be way worse than a timeshare because a timeshare you're only buying it for like you know two weeks for 30 years but Scientology they're selling you on like a billion year commitment yeah and not only that at least when you sit you know for 65 hours in that timeshare pitch you get a boat ride out of it or cookies. Allison and I will now get into five stories, starting with Channing Tatum. Channing was on the Kelly Clarkson show and talked about his buff body, saying that working out for hours a day is pretty much his job since he needs to keep his body hot for nude scenes. He said... As someone who works out for a job, I promise you I would not look like this unless I had to be naked in most of my movies. At some point, I have to get better at acting so I don't have to be naked in all of them. Get better at acting? Doesn't he need to start <laughs> yeah, first? Yeah, you, have to, you have to put one road on the or yeah. one foot on the road first. But like the joke's on Channing Tatum because even if he stopped working out, he'd still be hired for his body because, as I've always said, Male strippers aren't a size, they're a state of mind. And he's hired purely for the fact that he can roll his hips to Genuine's pony. Yeah. And and if he and if he didn't work out, he'll have more hips to roll. Yeah. Will he? I don't know how the body works, obviously. <laughs> um Gwyneth Paltrow was a guest on the Smartlist podcast and said that during the pandemic, she was hitting the bottle every single night, but she was doing it. Goopy style since she was drinking quinoa whiskey cocktails. So she made it clear that she did not get blackout drunk. She said, 
I was drinking seven nights a week and making pasta and eating bread. I went totally off the rails. I mean, who drinks multiple drinks seven nights a week? Like, that's not healthy. Like, why do I feel like she's judging me without knowing me? Because that's a regular night to me. Yeah, I'm like, uh, seven nights a week, but like two drinks? What is that? That's not normal? Also, if she then said that she was only washing her face with $100 face wash instead of $500 face wash, then this might be the most likable down-to-earth version of Gwyneth Paltrow that has ever existed. Well, that would be off the rails for her. That would really be off the rails. She could do it if it never happened. That would be intervention. And like, I smell a new Goop product coming on. So since she's been boozing and carving it up during the pandemic, uh, she's probably farting a lot. So she's going to release a new candle called This Smells Like My Farts. But since her farts don't stink, it's going to be unscented. Coming soon to Goop. Marky Mark is trying to go for an Oscar. Uh, Good luck with that. And so he plans to gain 30 pounds in six weeks for his role in the movie Father Stew. He's already gained 20 pounds in three weeks. He's eating 7,000 calories a day, which includes eating a dozen eggs, tons of rice, and protein shakes he should just hang out with goopy yeah i mean all pasta bread and drinks like you're gonna get there in what a week maybe you know i'm sure that his doctor is supervising all of this um but if i was his doctor i'd be still very concerned because i'd be like i don't care that you're eating seven thousand cal- calories a day or that you're gaining weight just for a movie that you'll probably be nominated for a razzie for what i am concerned about is that you're voluntarily choosing to work with Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson is in that movie? Yeah, I think Mel Gibson's producing it, actually. Oh, my God. That's that's a stinker. Yeah, <laughs> what a terrible reason to gain all yeah. those calories. Christy Blink- Brinkley did a fashion campaign for the brand Not Your Daughter's Jeans, and she did it with her two adult daughters, Alexa Ray Joel and Sailor Brinkley Cook. They did a little video to promote their campaign, and in it, Sailor says that in a post-pandemic world, everybody wants to get back into the groove of dressing outside of sweatpants, and she thinks jeans are a great middle ground. Who is this everyone she's talking about? I know, I'm like, get back to. What am I supposed to get back to? I was wearing sweatpants before the pandemic. (laughs) She needs to speak for herself. Lastly, the Food Network divided the internet this week when they tweeted a question. So they asked, which is the superior sandwich, peanut butter and jelly or grilled cheese? So what say you, Allison? Okay, so I am both lazy and irresponsible. So it's important for me to have a food that I don't um, get distracted when I'm making. And I can't burn a peanut butter and jelly sandwich while watching television. So that's my choice. I like them both equally, but if I have to pick, it's peanut butter and jelly. Interesting. And what what is yours? <laughs> well, no offense, but... <laughs> <laughs> no offense, I mean, here it comes. <laughs> I mean, I have the maturity and intelligence of a four-year-old, okay. obviously. But I don't not have the like food taste of a four year old, which is what peanut butter and jelly is. So grilled cheese, hands down. I don't even remember the last time I've had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It's so good. They like if you put it on white bread, it sticks to the roof of your mouth. But sometimes like when you're making it, you know, like the bread, the bread breaks. The bread doesn't even want to be a part of this. <gasps> you have to microwave your peanut butter, Michael. Too much. You're talking about how it's easier. Now you're tell- giving me steps. I can handle the microwave. 
In honor of Benifer being back together, we're going to go back to the early aughts, and I'm going to give Allison a little pop quiz in early aughts celebrity gossip. Yes. I'm only going to ask questions about pop culture gossip moments from 2000 to 2005. So most of this is uh, BD, before delisted. Most of this is. There's no Lindsay Lohan in this either. Oh, God, I'm going to fail. Yeah, you're going to fail. No, you're going to do good. I have all that you're going to do really. You're going to get 100%. Well, here's the thing. During the years of 2000 to 2005, literally all I did was watch TV and read magazines from the grocery store. So I think I might do well at this. Yeah, you're going to nail this. So I'm going to ask you eight questions. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Okay. So there was a batshit conspiracy theory that in 2003, the real Avril Lavigne died at the peak of her career and her record company replaced her with a doppelganger who still performs as Avril Lavigne. What is the name of Avril's doppelganger? I'll give you four uh, options. Okay. Lirva, which is Avril backwards. Mm-hmm. Becky, Melissa, Kitty. I think it's Melissa. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> Mo- Melissa Vardella. To be exact. Yeah, I didn't I didn't mess around with this conspiracy theory, but I like appreciated the work that went into it. Number two, we talked about this earlier when talking about Seth Rogen, but in 2005, Tom Cruise was on the Oprah Winfrey show, and that's when he infamously jumped on Oprah's couch. I almost mm-hmm. said cooch. He jumped <laughs> on her couch while declaring his love for his then-girlfriend, Katie Holmes. That couch jumping got all the attention, but Tom was on the Oprah show to promote a movie. Which movie? War of the Worlds, The Last Samurai, Collateral, or Mission Impossible 3? War of the Worlds. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. You're two for two. (laughs) Okay. Number three. Back to Tom. We're going to stick with Tom. Okay. In 2001, uh, his divorce from Nicole Kidman was finalized. There's some legendary paparazzi pictures of Nicole Kidman orgasming with joy while leaving her lawyer's office after signing the divorce papers. Mm -hmm. These pictures are iconic, of course. Yes. What is the main color of Nicole's skirt in those pictures? Blue? Green. Green. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I have those pictures burned into my memory. (laughs) It's like a sea foam green. It's the ugliest outfit. She's wearing a backpack. Oh, gosh. She's wearing like a pink paisley shirt. And like, Michael, to say that I had an outfit that was so similar to that. Like, yeah, it was down to the shoes. You should bring it out. Do do it for Halloween. Do the be Nicole Kidman leaving her attorney's office. (laughs) It's a perfect costume. Number four. In December of 2001, Winona Ryder was arrested for stealing $5,000 worth of designer clothes and handbags at a fancy Beverly Hills department store. She was charged with felony grand theft and possession of pharmaceutical drugs without a prescription since she had Zoloft on her. What was the fancy Beverly Hills department store she was caught stealing from? Barney's, Barney's. Saks Fifth Avenue, Neiman Marcus, Bloomingdale's. Barney's. Saks Fifth Avenue. It was Saks. Oh, my God. Yeah. Michael, I was so sure it was Barney's. <laughs> it was Saks. 
Are we yeah, sure that she nice. didn't? Are we sure that she didn't also shoplift in Barney's at the time? <laughs> no, it was just Saks. But oh gosh, okay. did you ever have a free one on a T-shirt? No, I didn't. I didn't either. I wish I did. It'd probably be worth millions. Yeah, you could sell it for more than uh, NFTs are being sold for now. Yeah. Number five, mm-hmm. Paris Hilton has been engaged at least four times. Mm-hmm. She's never been married. In 2002, when she was 21 years old, she got engaged for the first time. Who was her first fiance? Nick Carter, Paris Latsis, Stavros Niarchos, or Nachos as I call him, mm-hmm. Jason Shaw. Oh my God, this one's hard because I think that it's either Paris Latsis or Stavros nachos oh okay if i have to narrow it down paris latsis jason shaw oh god who is jason shaw even <laughs> they were engaged for just here he was like a model i remember poor jason <laughs> she shaw. was never engaged to nick carter or paris latsis that we know she of. wasn't oh my god no. i you know what i came into this quiz very hot and i'm losing no, you're, steam you're, you're gonna come back you're gonna come <laughs> okay back. i am i am <laughs> Number six. Okay. In April 2005, Us Weekly published the first pictures of Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie together, just three months after Brad and Jennifer Aniston announced their divorce. The pictures were taken on a beach in Kenya, and Brangelina was playing with Angie's son, Maddox. How much did Us Weekly reportedly pay for these pictures? $1.2 million? $500,000? Nothing because Angelina Jolie paid them to publish them or $10,000. The first one, one point something million dollars. 500,000. Oh my gosh. A bargain. I know. I thought it was millions. I thought it was millions. When you were reading off the numbers, I was like, okay, eventually he'll get to like $11 million. (laughs) Yeah. Well, the pictures, I remember like the pictures of the twins, that mm-hmm. was like $15 million or something. I think People Magazine, maybe. I don't remember. But right. those were like staged. Yeah, only $500,000. They got it cheap. What a discount. Number seven. Janet Jackson went on a date with a celebrity dude in 2002 after they met and hit it off at the Grammys. They won't only went out once, but if they got more serious, they would have been the it couple in my mind. Who was the celebrity that Janet went on one date with? Eminem, Colin Farrell, Matthew McConaughey, Dick Van Dyke. I mean, the obvious choice is Dick Van Dyke. So I'm, I think I'm going to go a little bit renegade here, and I'm going to say Colin Farrell. It was Dick Van Dyke. What? No, it was Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> Bro, you had me. Oh, my God. You legitimately had me going. Oh, my God. Matthew McConaughey. Was yeah, he? Yeah. He was neat. I well, I guess he was big. Slightly remember. <laughs> he talked about it recently. That's why I that I had that in my head because wow, he talked about how like wild. they went on one day, but it didn't work out. That was still like rom com Matthew McConaughey too. Crazy. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Final question. Okay. So, one of the biggest pop culture moments of the early aughts was when Madonna kissed Britney and Christina at the 2003 MTV VMAs. Mm -hmm. So the camera panned to the audience a lot, and most of them were stunned. And the camera panned to one celebrity in the audience who had a stunned face, and this celebrity was wearing a t-shirt that read, Young, Willing, and Eager. Mm -hmm. And you can clearly see this, and it's burned in my head, sadly. Who wore this shirt? Avril Lavigne, Nicole Richie, Richard Simmons, Kelly Osborne. 
So I know who this person took to the ceremony with them, and that would be Avril Lavigne, and the person wearing the shirt was Kelly Osbourne. Correct. Yes. Bonus. Okay. Who who was allegedly Madonna's first choice to kiss during that performance? It was not Britney. (gasps) Oh, wow. Well, okay. It's the early 2000s. So who would have been hot then? Um, I guess. uh, This will be a tiebreaker. Because okay, you, okay. you you have four and four, so. Well, listen, I'm not. I'm definitely not going to get it. I'm not going to break the tie. You but might. I, we've okay. talked about we've talked about this person in the podcast in this podcast. Jennifer Lopez. Yes. Really? Correct, you win. Yeah. Oh my god, Michael! That would have been a completely different performance. And J Lo apparently wasn't into it. I mean, she's into stunts, but that was, I guess, too far for her. But that was a reportedly Madonna's first choice. But J Lo wasn't really interested. Oh my god! Over Britney and Christina, how dare she? Yeah, it would have been completely different. Mm-hmm. Michael, that was really fun. It tells me that I should probably hang up my Von Dutch hat and brush up on my history a little bit you, more you technically won so you 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 now have your bachelor's in early odds celebrity gossip well that's good because i was gonna apply for a job at the community college and now i can tell them that i have a degree okay so that ends this early odds centric episode if you've got a question or a note for us email us at dtp at so till next week bye biatch <laughs> Goodbye, Michael.